That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By, powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to the final stretch of the season. At the time of recording, it is Tuesday, April 4th, about 9 o'clock in the morning here in the Mile High City. And we just did a um, sort of a reaction pod uh, to the Golden State win uh, on Sunday evening at Ball Arena, which the Nuggets, uh, at first it looked like they were in some trouble uh, as they just historically have not played well without, uh, you know, the league's MVP. That can happen. Uh, but it was the first time that they won, I believe, without uh, the Joker in five uh, attempts. And they halted a two-game uh, losing streak. So that was good. And there was a lot of, there was a lot of good takeaways. Michael Porter Jr., uh, Peyton Watson's emergence. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, we talked a little bit about that uh, yesterday. We we also uh, did a U-turn and once again talked about Contavious Caldwell-Pope's uh, struggling nature from three-point land that has become an issue. I mean, the sample size is way appropriate enough to react to at this point. So we talked about that on yesterday's episode, and we're going to revisit some of those themes here today. Uh, we're not going to spend too, too much time because the plan is uh, we'll come back and react again tomorrow. Uh, and do a quick reaction podcast to the Houston Rockets game, which is uh, later tonight on the road in Houston. Let's double-check the start time of that. Um, That is at 6 o'clock here locally, uh, Mountain Time Zone. Uh, That game is in Houston, and a team that is uh, actively trying to lose. And the Rockets, a bunch of young guys uh, expecting the Nuggets to be a legitimate favorite in that in that game, regardless whether Jokic plays or not. We'll get to that in a second. But then following Tuesday's game, uh, it's on the road in Phoenix on Thursday evening. Um, and maybe actually Friday morning might be a better time to react to um, this week's games, uh, as that will probably be more of an interesting uh, reaction in Phoenix on TNT on Thursday night. And then after that, guys, it's it's a Saturday and Sunday back-to-back, and the season's over. Like, that's it. There are four games remaining in this thing. And the magic game for uh, the Nuggets right now is one. Uh, If they win one more game, uh, the Nuggets are going to lock up the number one seed. Uh, Memphis came on strong here at the end. I mean, they really did. Um, Not sure how closely uh, you guys have been following the Memphis Grizzlies, but really the last month or so, um, they have sort of regained some of their... um, some of their mojo. Now, I know they lost a couple games here uh, very recently. Uh, they've actually lost two of their last three. But leading up to that point, they had won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in a row and 10 of 11 games. So playing well down the stretch, they made it interesting in the Western Conference standings. But uh, be that as it may, it looks like barring a insane collapse of the Nuggets are going to are going to win the Western Conference. They're going to be the number one seed for the first time in the history of the franchise, which, you know, really, you know, and I wanted to mention this. 
it hasn't been a perfect season, but whatever the notch right below that is, it kind of has been for Denver. Now, when you're living in it and you're going through it every day and the ups and downs and, you know, um, having health conversations or, you know, MVP conversations and, you know, mini losing streaks. Like, yeah, you can feel like the vibes are bad at points. That's with any any NBA team. But when you look on the whole, what was the number one goal of this season? If we if we try to remember, like, considering how the last couple seasons have gone, what was the number one goal of the Nuggets season? In my opinion, it was getting to this point where they are at right now with good health. And that has been the storyline of this franchise for multiple seasons now. So the fact that the Nuggets have the number one seed for the first time in franchise history, all your main core players are healthy. I mean, the Nuggets have had remarkable health this year from from your core four, but also the rest of the roster, really, on the whole. There hasn't been any sort of devastating setback injury. So your number one seed for the first time ever, you're a healthy group with four games left. Jokic, you know, was once again in the MVP conversation. Um, Michael Porter Jr., while having, you know, his own little blips, um, stayed healthy and actually found consistency during this season, uh, which, like, that has been the number one thing for him. Jamal Murray, again, struggles with the consistency, but given all he's been through, the fact that he is playing as well as he is right now, um, heading into the playoffs, I mean, that is a, that's a, just a massive win. Jamal Murray plays has played 63 games this season with four games left. Like, if I told you that in advance, like I'd gone to the future and, you know, uh, both Jokic, Jamal, Michael Porter Jr., and Aaron Gordon were all going to play 60 games or more. I mean, shoot, who wouldn't have signed up for that? And then you even look at the the, the the supporting cast. Bruce Brown has played almost every single game. KCP has played almost every single game. Um, <clears throat> even Jeff Green, you know, with his struggles this season physically, played in over 50 games. Um, so that is great. That's great. Uh, here we go. I mean, the the, the quote-unquote real season is about to start. And in, so, in, in a couple different ways, it feels like the Nuggets are exactly where the Colorado Avalanche were uh, a year ago where they had bounced, been bounced from the playoffs three straight years in the second round. I know it's not a perfectly congruent analogy, but it's like, man, if you don't make it to the finals this year, it will feel hollow. And I think as fans, I think we should embrace that and accept that. Like those are expectations that have been earned uh, for these nuggets and really those kind of expectations for probably the first time in the history of the franchise, at least with this kind of conviction. You could, you could go there at other points, um, you know, with the, in the mellow era or, you know, back in the 1980s. Like, you could maybe go there, but not with this sort of conviction, not with the number one seed, not with the MVP, not with a core four that's healthy. So here we go. Um, let's talk about some of these uh, playoff scenarios. Um, it, it is remarkable just how crowded the Western Conference is, uh, especially the bottom half of that Western Conference. You look at uh, the L.A. Clippers have 38 losses. The Golden State Warriors have 38 losses. 
The Lakers have 38 losses. The Pelicans have 38 losses. I mean, that is insane. The logjam uh, from the fifth seed really to like the 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 nine ten seed uh, is remarkable. <clears throat> Um, so we'll see how that plays out in the last um, four games of the season. How it unfolds is going to be just fascinating. Um, whoever emerges out of those four teams that we just uh, mentioned, the Clippers, the Warriors, the Lakers, the Pelicans, whoever emerges out of those four is going to take the five seed. Okay, Someone else is going to claim the six seed. But that's where things get really, really interesting with the play-in tournament. The number seven seed will play the number eight seed with the winner locked in at the seven seed. The loser of that game will play the winner of the eight or a winner of the nine versus ten seed for the last place in the playoffs for that eight seed. The winner of that is going to play the Denver Nuggets. Okay, the Nuggets are going to finish, as we mentioned, as the number one seed, barring the most unforeseen collapse in NBA history. Three game lead with four games left. They're going to finish number one. Okay, but when you look at the prospects um, that the Nuggets could face in the first round. You look at the Lakers with how well they are playing with LeBron James, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You look at the Warriors. Now I know the Nuggets just saw the Warriors, but you're talking about a team that's won four championships with the same core that will be back in these NBA playoffs. And lest we forget, the reigning NBA champion and the team that knocked out the Nuggets a year ago. Then you look at the Clippers. You can go back to the preseason. They were one of the preseason darlings, I believe, at seven to one uh, from our friends at Superbook Sports, uh, the proud sponsor of this podcast. They were seven to one to win the NBA championship. Um, now. The question with them is Paul George. They are not going anywhere fast without Paul George. Um, But it's one of these things where you could be matched up in the first round with an opponent that will make Nuggets Nation very, very, very uncomfortable. It'll make me uncomfortable. I'll just just own it. Um, I don't think um, I'd be shaking in my boots uh, with the Lakers or the Warriors. But at the same time, like, we have to acknowledge, like, these are – Actually, two teams that have knocked the Nuggets out of the playoffs in two of the last three seasons. The Lakers in the bubble in the Western Conference Finals and the Warriors a year ago. And you guys know how things go oftentimes with the Lakers. I'm sure on social media you've seen a lot of the same graphics that I have, that no other team in the NBA is the beneficiary of referees putting air into a whistle more than the Lakers. Um, No team in the NBA is uh, afforded uh, less than the Denver Nuggets are in that same category. What could that look like on a playoff stage? I, you know, not in terms of like, hey, is there an agenda to like get the Lakers like past the Nuggets? No, I don't believe that. But would there be some sort of bias that would want that series to be a long one? Uh, now we can have that conversation. And I'm just there's some trepidation involved. What that could look like with that cast of characters. In, 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 in those uniforms in the first round. Um, so let's just put that in our pocket. Um, same goes with the Warriors, okay? But the Lakers right now, the Lakers are actually rolling. The Lakers have won six of their last seven games, okay, um, with four games remaining, and they play the Utah Jazz tonight and then the Clippers in a battle of L.A. on ESPN uh, on Wednesday evening uh, on a back-to-back. So, We'll keep our eye, uh, obviously, on how things uh, shake out. I think uh, where I where I end up being uh, on it, where I end up landing uh, on this conversation is, um, 
while I can have some trepidation, while I can have some reservation, and even a little bit of nerves, okay, the Nuggets should absolutely handle business to whoever they play in that first round. I don't care if it's the Warriors. I don't care if it's the Lakers. I don't care if it's the Pelicans. I especially don't care if it's the Clippers. The Nuggets, as the number one seed with home court advantage, with a record of 33-7 and at home, okay? And a few of those losses are without Jokic. So it's even, in my opinion, their record at home is even more sterling than it is on paper. Uh, and then you look at the, the Warriors, who are 9-30 and on the road. You can't make that up. Now they're thirty-two and eight when they play in the Bay Area, but nine and thirty—they are far away the worst road team in the playoff picture for either conference. When you and when you look at just the Western Conference, their their comp for the road—you uh, have to go all the way down to the tanking San Antonio Spurs, who are seven and thirty-two. That's the next closest mark in the Western Conference to the Warriors' road record. Even the Rockies are looking at the Warriors like, bro, your road splits are crazy. Um, so I'm not I'm not going to let um, the past dictate in terms of the Warriors' success in the past dictate how I feel about the matchup. This is uh, what have you done? For for me lately, professional sports, this is a team that has won a game and lost a game, won a game and lost a game all season. And while I admit if there's any team that could flip a switch come playoff time, it would be the Warriors. But I am just acknowledging the current state of affairs with who the Nuggets are, the health of this team, the construct of this team, and who the Warriors haven't been uh, this season. So uh, that's that's where the the quick check in uh, on the uh, playoff picture, uh, a looming matchup with the Suns potentially in the second round um, could be scary, uh, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, the, the the Suns will see them on um, in just a couple nights here. Uh, their next opponent is the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, that is uh, Tuesday evening, and then. Right after that, we have that matchup uh, on TNT on uh, on Thursday. So, okay, uh, I think that is all I want to talk about with the playoff picture. We're getting ready to put a bow on this thing, uh, and we'll check back in later in the week. Uh, things to watch here over the last four games that I'm most intrigued by. First and foremost, health, health, health. Don't let anything crazy happen, um, you know, as the clock is expiring on this regular season. Um, it may be wise to give Aaron Gordon uh, a day or two off. Um, He has dealt with a lot uh, since the All-Star break. The shoulder, just general fatigue. He's played a lot of minutes and played in a lot of games. Um, I might consider that. I would like to see Jokic play another game or two. Um, He has missed now three games in a row. He's questionable for Tuesday night's game against the Houston Rockets with that uh, calf. I, I, I don't want to be a nervous Nelly, but there is something about just not playing the last, um, you know, because there's people advocating, hey, he, he shouldn't play another game. Well, now you're talking about missing the last seven games to finish a season. Then the play-in tournament's going to happen, and you're going to get a natural week off anyway. That's a lot of time off heading into the playoffs. 
Will I let that steer me in, in any type of conversation, that factor? Not really, but I would just like to see him play. Um, there's something to be said for just getting out there and playing and knocking some rust off before everything starts to matter again. Um, and then I might consider uh, uh, some load management with, with Jamal Murray, uh, maybe with Michael Porter Jr. as well. Uh, once you lock up that number one seed, there is quite literally nothing less to play for than your overall record, which is just a, a formality to finish the season. Um, I will have an eye on Peyton Watson. We talked about this yesterday, the emergence of him, um, the last two contests, uh, against Phoenix and then against Golden State. Really, really, really intriguing. Um, He was just so fun to watch on Sunday evening, just flying around um, and looks like a NBA prototype wing. And do I think that we'll see him in the NBA playoffs? I don't. Um, I just don't believe Michael Malone is going to, you know, play a guy that has not been a part of the rotation when the season's on the line in meaningful minutes? No, I don't. Uh, could we see him in a blowout or something? Sure. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the last four games will like just be, like reshuffle the deck um, on what could be possible, which would just be hilarious. Um, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, and then uh, I, think that's, I think that's pretty much uh, where we're going to leave it today, guys. Uh, again, game in Houston tonight. Game uh, against... Uh, de- uh, the Phoenix Suns in two days. That'll be really interesting. National TV game. Will Michael Malone show his hand of any way, shape, or form uh, on Thursday evening uh, on national television? If I had to guess, I'd say no, uh, especially if they win in Houston uh, tonight and lock up the number one seed. I just don't know what the upside of that would be, um, but we'll see how they handle it this week. Um, this week should be uninteresting and interesting at the same time uh, for some of the reasons that we've that we've just covered. Okay, uh, guys, we'll leave it there for now. I hope you're having a good week. Uh, rate, subscribe, tell a friend about this podcast. It's the best way that you can support this podcast. Is the good old-fashioned grassroots uh, way here. If you're watching on our social channels and our new uh, podcast studios, shout out. We appreciate you. Our guy Sean Gates uh, engineering things here behind the scenes as well. All right, guys, have a great week. And you know whatever happens the remainder of this week, we're going to be talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Mile High Hoops podcast powered by Superbook Sports. Until next time.